Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. It's our hope that the next few moments lead you closer to Jesus, encourage you to grow, and equip you to exist for those not yet here. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that we can bring you fresh content every week as you continue in your walk with Christ. Man, we're glad that you're here. Um, if you are new to our church, I want to welcome you to Journey. Uh, it's Christmas. I don't know if you knew that or not. And uh, we're doing a Christmas sermon series. And we started last week um, going through this series. Uh, Taylor started us off, built the foundation. And uh, we kind of explained to you where the, where the, the thought came from. Uh, came back in Halloween. We were, we were out and uh, we were talking. He, he, he was, we were actually in the same neighborhood. And I just, I just was, was kind of going over my thoughts in my head thinking, man, everybody always acts like this is such an awful holiday. And I know that at the, at the core of it, there's, there's some evil that's associated with it, uh, like anything. But I thought, man, this, is, this feels like, like a great holiday. Like it feels like you're out with your neighbors. It feels like, like, like Jesus would enjoy this day. And uh, then I started thinking about Christmas because it was come, like as soon as Halloween's over, how many Christmas people we have? Right? Anybody? So I'm a Christmas. Soon it, like Taylor talked about it last week. Some of you booed him. I heard you're mad. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Halloween, get my money's worth from my Christmas decorations, November 1st decorated. But I got to tell you something. January 1st, they come down. Bible says love your neighbors, right? Do not leave your lights up into the middle of February. That is not loving your neighbors. That's annoying, right? We all want to be depressed together, right? And so your lights are not making, a, it's just reminding us of what we missed. And so I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a November 1st to January 1st Christmas guy, right? But I started thinking about all of the, the things that come specifically for me, my job, what I do for a living with Christmas. It's a really busy time. Then my kids and all these things that are happening. And then how busy it is, how stressful it is, uh, how, 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 how much worry people have. And I started thinking to myself, if there was a holiday that Satan actually probably enjoys, it's probably Christmas. It's probably the way we celebrate it. It's probably the way we go about our business. It's probably with how, how much anxiety we have. And so last week, Taylor built the foundation using a fruitcake. I hate fruitcakes. And so he built the foundation. And he said this. He said, I don't think, Satan, that we're losing it. He said, I think where he's stealing it from us. Like he is taking it from us piece by piece, gathering good stuff around it, right? But if you dig into it, you, you'll find him working, right? And so I want to talk to you the next few weeks, just three weeks, um, in areas where I think that he thoroughly enjoys Christmas, the way we celebrate it, the, the, way, the way that we go about our business. And so um, let, me, let me start. Any, anybody born in the 80s here? Born in the 80s? Let's just see who we have here. 80s, okay, 90s. Ooh. Uh, 2000s, 2010s, we hate you. And so, we hate you, right? You're young, right? Any 1970s people? Okay, now, I would ask you if you're 1960, I want you to pull a muscle, put your arm up, you know what I'm saying? Ah, right? Just joking. And so, okay, so all of us have had different um, experiences when it comes to Christmas lists, right? And so, um, some of you, you used to get the Sears catalog. Remember Sears, right? And so my kids have the Amazon or the Timu now catalog and online, right? And, make a, and so when I was, when I was a kid, um, somewhere between October and the beginning of November, we would get the Toys R Us catalog mail. Some of you, 2000ers, you, you were Target, right? And so 
But I got the Toys R Us catalog. It was super exciting. It was about this thick, and I would open it up, and I would highlight things, and I would leave a place for my parents. In a few years, my parents even took us to Toys R Us in King of Prussia and let us run around and look at things and dream. And it was such, I remember as a kid, it's such an exciting moment because the dreams that you have are somebody else's responsibility. The problem is now I'm an adult. And now my kids' dreams are my responsibility. And what I realized is that that responsibility, that actually is, is a weight. And think about that list you used to give your parents and just expect them, okay, what are you, you going to bring to the table here this year to establish your love for me? <laughs> yeah, I know it's Christmas, Jesus' birthday, I get it. Let's get through the pomp and the circumstance. Let's get to the presence, right? And what are you going to do to establish this, make this a Christmas? What are you going to do to build a memory of me? Why are we going to remember this when I'm a kid, like an adult? Uh, and so here's the pressure. Now the pressure is on me. Here's what's interesting. That pressure is called um, money, spending. They asked Americans, what are you most worried about every Christmas? You know what it is? Over 50% of people said money. Finding the money to buy the presents for the people that desperately need them or they will not be able to live. <laughs> money, spending. I think Satan loves it. You know, Americans, we're, 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 we just kind of go right along with it. And so uh, this year, over $1.54 trillion is going to be spent on Christmas presents in the world. One point, I don't even, five, four trillion dollars. The average American family spent about $1,700 on Christmas presents. $1,700. Um, most of us will spend right around there, some of us more. Um, what was interesting is about 50% of us will put it on credit cards. About 30% of us will still be paying off this Christmas, next Christmas. Now, the quarter of us are still paying off a few Christmases ago. If you ask your kids, hey, what'd you get a few Christmases ago? Guess what they're going to say? I don't know. The stress of, of money and spending. Some of you even did it. How many, how many people have asked you this year, hey, did you get your Christmas list done? Have you done your Christmas list? Did you go out Black Friday? Well, how much did you get? Get the deals. Did you finish? What have you done? How much you got more you got? You got to wrap it. You got to press it. And it's this, this stress in our lives, the the pressure of spending. Now, here, here's, 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 here's what I'm not going to do, because uh, I don't want to be the type of pastor. As soon as young people come into this place, they're like, oh, gosh, pastor's trying to cancel Christmas. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, teenagers are like, he's going to preach, and my mom and dad are going to take a break from spending, and, right? I remember I had a youth pastor one time. I was a, I was a 16-year-old, and his youth pastor was a newly married man. And he started preaching because he read this book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, uh, which the guy who wrote it is now an atheist and, a, and he's gay. And so he kissed a lot of things goodbye. And so um, <laughs> I ain't been here for two weeks. I got them all stored up in me, all right here. And so, uh, but my youth pastor started preaching this message to us teenagers. I'm 16. I want to get married, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to follow God's plan for my life. You're not supposed to have sex till you're married. They're constantly talking about the rapture. My prayer life consists of, God, can you hold off Jesus until I get married, right? And so <laughs> you can come back after my honeymoon if you want. And so, and he started preaching, you shouldn't date, you should court. 
right? I read this book, you should court. I'm like, yeah, but you just got married and you were dating, right? So it's easy for you now to say, so I don't want to be the type, okay, let's not, let's not spend money on Christmas presents after I've had my childhood. That's not the point of, the, of this message. The point is maybe we should reevaluate the level of worry and anxiety we carry around spending. In fact, what's interesting, if you think about that word spending and debt and, 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 and all this, it's so um, counterintuitive to the words that the Bible uses when it explains Jesus. They're, they're both financial words, if you ever notice that. Like, watch what it says in Scripture, Matthew 1. It says, this is, this is the, the Christmas story. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name of Jesus because he will, what's that word right there, everybody? Can you read that? He will what? Say, that's a, that's a money word. We will spend in Christmas, but it's built around saving. You go, go, go into Colossians 2, it says, we were dead in our sins and in the uncircumcision of our flesh, God made us alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. We just established, and most of us go, many of us go into debt for Christmas, but the message of Christmas is that God wants to come cancel your what? It's interesting that Satan has built this whole system where we're spending, spending, spending when the message is about saving and getting out of debt. And watch this one. I love this one because if it's free, it's for me. Luke chapter 4 says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind to set the oppressor what? Free. Free. Out of debt. Save. What do we struggle with? spending and debt and, and work. Am I going to buy the right amount of presents? So this is not a message. Listen, not a message about, okay, we're not going to buy any Christmas presents this year. This is a message to get you to open up your eyes that maybe Satan is stealing Christmas through the pressure of spending. Maybe he is stealing the joy of Christmas through the pressure, the perfect gift, the perfect tree. The perfect core memories, the perfect amount of visiting lights. I went to Tinseltown. I went to Christmas Village. I went here. Did you see this? Did you do that? The perfect amount, the perfect amount of Elf on the Shelf, but people even still do that. The perfect amount of Hallmark movies, the perfect amount. Everything is spending, 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 consumption. Maybe Satan enjoys it because it's putting so much pressure on us. In fact, I think a lot of us, if we would, if we would really dig in, um, we would probably agree we struggle with a few lies that Satan, that Satan teaches us. And th the problem is if you don't have your eyes open to lies, you'll continue to live those lies. There, there's lies that, that, that Satan, I think, gets us to believe because of this pressure. I don't know if anybody, like, it's already December what? You guys know what the date is? Oh, my gosh, December 3rd, I got out, right? <laughs> Do you feel it? I got so much to get done, Right? There's so much to do. Pastor's preaching too long. How long is this going to go? Taylor was much shorter. I heard all, all week I heard. All week. Passive aggressively. I said, we're not a Mennonite church. Stop it, right? Like, so busy. I got so much to do. I got three Sundays. I got all this stuff going on. And we get so stressed up and, and, and stressed out. And here, here's a couple lies that I know Satan gets us to believe in this Christmas stress. Number one is uh, the first lie is the happiest people, they, they think about themselves first. 
This is, this is Christmas, okay? It's Christmas, okay? So here's what I got to do. I got to make sure me and my core family, we spend the most amount of time that we can spend with each other because this is what Christmas is all about. It's about us. I got five people in my family. It's about us, core memories, us, our time. We only get this many Christmases. We only get this many opportunities. Okay, me, 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 me. Somebody say, how do you know that's true? Well, it's really easy. We work with people. You guys are all volunteers. You know when most people block out? Christmas and Easter, the two holidays that are absolutely not about you. Not one ounce of it is about you. And it's the hardest time, hey, you want to serve? Oh, I got all this stuff. It's me, me, my family, because the happiest families, they spend the most amount of time together only thinking about themselves. That's where happiness is. The happiest people, they think about themselves the most. Could you imagine if this was the, 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 the attitude of Mary and Joseph? You know the Christmas story? Um, Mary gets pregnant with God's baby. She's engaged. She has to tell Joseph, I'm pregnant, but it's God's. You ever think about that conversation? <laughs> I read one, I heard a message one time. It said uh, that Joseph illustrated the greatest faith this world has ever known. That his wife, his future wife says, I'm pregnant with God's baby. It's not another guy's. And he actually trusts her and stays with her. She, she gets pregnant, she goes, comes full term. Um, the, the Roman emperor says, hey, I want you to travel to your hometown and I want you to take a census. We want them to know where everybody's from. And so they're from Bethlehem. And so Joseph and Mary, almost pregnant, travel to Bethlehem, can't find anywhere to stay. Could you imagine this, type A people? You didn't get online, you didn't get us a, a, you know, a, a hotel room. With, and so they get there, there's no rooms. Mary's about to pop with the savior of the world in her stomach. And uh, they get to this place, the inn, guy says, I have no room in the inn, but I got a barn you can go to. They go to the barn, they have the baby, they can't figure out anywhere better to lay Jesus than in a manger, which is basically the horse trough or the spot the pigs would eat out of whatever that was in there. They lay the baby in the, in, in the manger, and they're having, listen, they're having what we would call, and I don't know why I've been stuck on this word, I've just been seeing it a lot, they're having a core memory. You ever, you ever hear that word? You make them stupidest stuff up, right? It's a core memory, right? So I'm having this core memory. It's Mary and it's Joseph and it's, and it's baby Jesus. And they're having this core memory. It's family time. And you ever think about how weird it is that all of a sudden a bunch of stinky, smelly shepherds show up? Mary's all sweaty. She just gave birth. Jesus is there. They're trying to keep Jesus quiet. And, you know, and, 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 and Joseph, they're having this moment. Maybe the photographer hasn't even showed up yet, and these shepherds show up. And, and, and if it's most of us, we're like, we don't got time for this right now. We're making memories. You got to go, right? This is our time. This is our moment. This is our opportunity. This is our family. And what do they do? They go, the shepherds come, and they let the shepherds into the, into the moment. And then the shepherds go become the first pastors and the first evangelists and tell people about Jesus, which is a whole other message. I, I, maybe we'll have time to talk something about that. But I just think to myself, what if, what if Mary and Joseph had the same attitude most of us have during Christmas, which is, I, like, this is about me. This is my time. This is, this is my opportunity. This is my family time. This is my, and we're so, we're so busy because we believe the lie. We don't have that much time. So the happiest people, the happiest families are going to think about themselves first. You ever, you ever have somebody ask you how you're doing and you, you, you lie and you say, great? I'm doing great. I like that. that that's, a, that's a good, like, I'm doing great. Well, you know what the Bible says that it, you can say, hey, I'm doing great. If you, like, if, you know what? 
how you can actually get to that point. Like, watch what Scripture says in, 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 in the book of Matthew 23. It says, the greatest, I'm doing great, among you will be your, what's that? For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. By, by the way, we, we read that. We don't put ourselves in that enough. All those pictures you want to share, all those fancy memories, that perfect tree, that garland that's hanging on the, the shower curtain everybody's doing, the viral tree from, from, from Home Depot that you had to go out and get, uh, the, the Christmas lights you went to, the perfect PJs that all match, the perfect breakfast, all those things that you want to share online. You're, 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 listen, you're exalting yourself. There's not a moment Jesus is like, that looks like Christmas. That's why I came. The happiest people, sorry, it's got real quiet, real quick. <laughs> the happiest people, they think about others first. You want to really have a meaningful season, you need to find moments to serve others. In fact, Scripture says this, and I love this verse in Philippians chapter 2. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with other people, uh, have the same mindset that Jesus has, who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. You see, the truth is, you want to be happy this, this season. You want to follow God's plan. Serve others. Invite others. Make time for others. Do something kind for others. You want to talk about core memories? I don't remember a lot of the things I got when I was a kid. I don't remember a lot of Christmas mornings. I don't, I don't have that memory. One of my core memories, though, is there wasn't very many holiday meals where a stranger was not sitting at our table. Sometimes it was weird. I'm going to be honest with you. I'd be like, who is this person? Do you know them? Have they been background checked? It's 1993. We don't do that, right? They were on the side of the road. They looked nice. And so, and somebody would be sitting at my table. It's very vivid memories. A family would be there. Kids, my mom would buy presents for somebody else's kids. And I, I remember thinking to myself, this, this doesn't, I don't know if this is what's supposed to be happening because you're supposed to be taking care of me, making make, make my dreams come, come true. But I can tell you right now, I've realized in my life that, that the most content people during the Christmas season, but all during all during life, are thinking about other people, are serving other people, are investing in other people, are making room at their table for neighbors and other people, are cooking cookies for your elderly neighbors, are, are doing things for other people. See, the problem is most of us don't truly believe that, which is why we don't make time in the one season that it actually is the center of the season. Let me give you another thought, number two. Here's another lie. So uh, we think the happiest people spend, spend, spend their time. And another one, because we can't not talk about this, is the happiest people on earth spend on themselves first. And so not only do we spend time, but let's just talk. Can we just talk about money? Can we just, can we just talk about the amount of money that, that we spend on, on, on stuff during Christmas? Because the truth is, here's what we believe, if we're true. I can buy success, I can buy my, my kids approval, I can give them happiness. If I just get them all the stuff that they want, they're going to be super happy in 2024. 
they'll be fulfilled, they'll be straight A student if I just get them that, that phone that they want, if I just buy them this, if we get each other the gifts uh, that, that we want, if we buy, like if we just get the perfect stuff under the tree, then our year will be perfect. Our Christmas will be perfect. The happiest people are spending on themselves first. I think it's ironic. Uh, I don't know why I, I see, different, see things differently, but uh, sometimes I just see things and I'm just like, that just, just doesn't make sense. And so it's just, but it's just the way Satan would do it. So Thanksgiving's on a Thursday. You guys tracking with me? So what comes after Thanksgiving? What is it? What, 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 what do we call it? No, it's Friday. Are you getting all spiritual now? Some of you mapping that out for a month. You know, here, here, weave here, spin here, right? You got Black Friday. It's the weirdest thing. We're thankful. We're going to buy, right? Saturday, what is it? We're not bringing it around to thankfulness again. What are we doing Saturday? Come on, say, you know what it is. Small business Saturday. We don't do small businesses. The economy will crumble. America won't go. China's going to take over, right? Small business Saturday. What's on Sunday? Maybe. Chick-fil-A's closed. We don't know what to do. And so go to church. What's Monday? Okay. Coming out of Thanksgiving. We're super thankful. Okay, I'm going to spend. I'm going to spend. Probably going to sleep. Let's be honest. I'm going to spend. And then what's on Tuesday? Are we serious? Hey, at the end of all this. When I'm done Black Friday, and I go small business Saturday, and then I get to Cyber Monday with what I have left over, here you go. Tis the reason for the season, right? And I just was like, this is, this is so typical. Hey, at the very end, we're going to do leftovers. God loves leftovers, right? And like, we're going to give some leftovers to God. Like, and it's just, I'm telling you, we, 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 we buy into the lie. Okay, the happiest people, they're spending on themselves first. It is what it says in the Bible, right? It says it's better to receive than give. It says that somewhere, right? I think it's in Leviticus, right? And so, and some of you are like, oh, it says that. Sweet, let me write that down. No, here's what the Bible actually says. Acts chapter 20 says, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of our Lord Jesus Christ himself. What does it say? It's more blessed to give than receive. They did a study on this, actually. They, they, uh, they found out, I guess percentage-wise, they do a happiness meter. And they found out if uh, you were to get $100,000 more tomorrow, that it would move the happiness barometer about 2% in your life. So I still take it, right? I take it. And so... Um, what they, find, what they found out is people who, who, who serve and, and they give, they, they've studied it. It profoundly changes them. Like they did a study on, on senior, seniors and uh, older people, and um, they, uh, they got this group of people, and they, for three weeks, three times a week, they gave them a sweetest massage. Could you believe it? Uh, right? Like all this. And get sweetest massage. Okay. Three times a week. How many of you say that's heaven? Three times a week, three sweetest massages. And so then they tested their brain. And uh, their happiness level moved a little bit. Like they were happier. Um, those same seniors, for the next three weeks, they sent them into a, a preschool with a bunch of toddlers. And they had them read and give snacks and play and serve. And they tested them again. And they found out their physical health, their, mo their emotional health, and their mental health was completely different after those three weeks. 
Something happens when you begin to, to learn to, to, to serve, when you begin to give, when you begin to live a generous lifestyle, you'll find that it actually changed you. The Bible says it's more blessed. That word blessed is happy. You, you'll, you'll be more content. You'll be more excited. You'll find more joy in this season when you learn to give instead of just receive. And so here's a couple thoughts I had just as we kind of close this out. Uh, if I can just build this giving platform. I only have two points, right, because you guys yelled at me so much last week. Um, made me feel bad about preaching too long. I have two points. And so, right, <laughs> let me just give you these three thoughts. So I have two points, three thoughts. And so, see, I did that. And so, <laughs> but I'm almost done. And so uh, here's, here, here's, here's my thoughts with giving. So here, here's number one. If you want to be giving like Jesus, you want Christmas, to that, that spirit. Number one, giving should be central. Not, not after. That's why I don't like Giving Tuesday. That's why we don't do Giving Tuesday. And we don't do leftovers, right? Like, God is not into that. You don't, you don't, you don't, you disagree, go read the book of Malachi. They were bringing, they were bringing, instead of bringing their, their, their tithe to God, their, their, their best animals, they were bringing their wounded animals. And God says, just don't bring anything, right? And so it should, it should be central. So here's not what I'm saying. Hey, get all your Christmas stuff done, buy your presents, do this, get your pajamas, do all that, and then whatever you have left, stop at the bucket of the Salvation Army and drop it in there. I'm saying rearrange your entire Christmas this year. Rearrange it. Start from the top. And we're going to do stuff a little bit different this year. Uh, we're going we're to find a family to give to. We're going to find an organization to give to. I'm not even telling, listen, you, you think at the end of this, Steve's going to take up an offering from the church? No, we're not going to do that. It's not about journey. Find a neighbor. Find a classmate. Find, find an organization. Some of you uh, with kids, find a senior home to go to, a, a retirement home, an elderly home. Go into that place. Find somebody to give to this holiday. It should, it has to be central. It's the central message of the gospel. John 3 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his last and only son. Is that what it says? No, his one and only son. God so loved the world that he gave his best, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Has to be central. Number two, should be cheerful. <laughs> the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. Should be cheerful. Here, here's, here's where your life will change. There's three types of givers, right? Here's the first one. The first one is the grudge giver. You hate to give. I hate it. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. The Bible calls you a fool, by the way. I hate to give. Then there's the duty giver. What's the duty giver? I have to give. Oh, I got to give. Oh, it's Christmas. Okay, I got to give, right? And the cheerful giver is, is this, and I'm still trying to teach all of my kids this. What's the cheerful giver? I get to give. I, I, get, to, I get to give God my tithe. I get to give others my, my, uh, a blessing. I get to be a blessing. I get to give should be cheerful and let me just let me just give you one more thought here's what i love about about giving is not only is it it should be cheerful not only should it be central but why i love it is it's contagious so here i'm just gonna let you in a secret can i do this all the stuff you're gonna buy this christmas all of it by next christmas will be broken all of it will be forgotten It'll be moved on. Next Christmas, what am I getting? All of it. All the money you spend, all of it. You're like, I'm going to give my kid the perfect gift that's going to change the trajectory of their life. What are you getting them? I'm getting them a Batman mask. 
You want to change the trajectory of your kid's life. Teach them and allow them to experience generosity this Christmas. That is a gift that will stick with them forever. Take them into a place that has less. Let them buy for a kid that doesn't get what they get. Let them deliver a present. Let them see things that maybe they don't normally see. Let them be a part of it. Watch a little less movies. Go to a little less extracurricular activities. Spend a little less time just with your own family and be a part of the family of God. I'm telling you right now, you want to give your kids something that will change their Christmas. Some of you have marriage problems and you think a crummy Christmas date with silly clothes is going to fix your marriage. You know what will fix your marriage? The spirit of generosity. Go serve together. The problem is you always make it about yourselves, which is why you're always fighting because you're just about yourself. You want to fix your marriage, make it about other people, and all of a sudden your marriage will start to get, get, get back in order. The spirit, I'm telling you, the spirit of generosity. I know, I know, I know, I know. There's only 22 days to Christmas. Some of you have a calendar. Some of you flipping blocks. Some of you doing elf on a shelf and you're running out of ideas, right? I've had to bribe your kids to be good, right? Which is silly because that's not in the Bible. Right? Think about even that. We're teaching our kids. If you do good, Santa's watching. He'll give you presents. But God is all about grace. Right? Make it about generosity. Make it about serving. Unblock your schedule. Switch up your agenda. Some of you already bought all your Christmas presents. I'm going to say something's going to shock you. Take some back. You're like, I'm oh, I'm glad. I'm glad we bought those presents already. I'm glad we came back and, you know, got that before Steve got back from vacation, right? <laughs> Every store you bought from has a return policy. It ain't been 30 days. And some of you are like, no, I went shopping in August. Well, you have a serious problem then. <laughs> I'm telling you, just, just generosity, just, just giving, just serving. Man, find, find somebody. What I'm going to pray for at the end of this service is that God would unquestionably bring somebody through your path. Don't Listen, do not call me and ask me to give you somebody to serve. Don't call the church. Hey, you have any serving opportunities? Just walk outside. Look around. Call your school. Call your daycares. Go to the hospital. Pay somebody's medical bills off. Go, go to a retirement center. Do, do something. Then it, the opportunity is out there, but I'm going to pray that God would directly lead you to the right spot, and he would, he would release a spirit of generosity and serving, not only in us, but in our kids over there. That this, this, would, this would literally, this, this Christmas would matter. I'm telling you, most Christmases don't matter. Let's just be honest. They just go one after the other after the other. I want this one to matter. Anybody else? They're, 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 going, they're coming too fast. It, it goes Christmas, Easter, summer, Christmas, Easter, summer, Christmas. And I'm like, no, no, I want, oh God, I want you to slow down. Uh, I've got to want to do something significant in this season. God, give me opportunities. God, give me, give me direction. God, show me who to help. God, increases in my life. Anybody, anybody, anybody prepared to pray that? It's dangerous prayer. Because as soon as you pray it, God's going to begin to speak to you. The Holy Spirit's going to begin to knock at the door of your heart. So let's stand to our feet all over this house. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Uh, no tricks, no agenda, no weird things. If you're a believer in this place, I want, you to, I want you to pray right now. Here's the first thing I want you to pray. Sometimes a good prayer of repentance is a great place to start. What's repentance? Repentance is reevaluating the direction of my life and turning it back towards God. 
So I'm just telling you, there's more people in this room that know it, that this Christmas, if you're honest, is not about Jesus at all. It never is. You're going to come on Christmas Eve. You're going to give them your time. You might even serve one time this month. You've already blocked out of the other couple. And let, me, let me just tell you, I haven't talked to any of our staff. I've been gone. So this is not an agenda about you unblocking your schedule. I'm just telling you, I know people. Holiday comes, it's all about us. I'm just telling you, if you want to have an awful holiday, make it all about you. You want to have peace, you want to have purpose, you want to have joy. Think about other people. Learn to serve, learn to give. Invite your family into the mission of God. It'll change your kid's life. You want them to have a, a, a life-giving, forever-changing Christmas? Teach them generosity. More stuff's not going to fulfill them. You know that because you've lived that. Jesus will, though. Jesus will. So all over this house as you're praying, maybe, maybe grab the, 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 the hand of the, the, the spouse beside you. If they're not married to you, don't grab their hand. That's weird. So. And maybe, maybe just pray together. Holy Spirit, would you guide us and direct us? Some of you in this place, I just feel, feel this. There's somebody in this room. Um, you've been trying to have a kid, and you haven't gotten pregnant yet. And uh, you've actually, it, that, 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 that need is, is, is weighing on you, and it's actually ruining your Christmas. And so here's what you're going to do this Christmas. You're going to fix your eyes on Jesus. He already has the plan. He's perfect. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. He's in control. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to pay forward that miracle that you're, 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 you're seeking out by meeting the needs of somebody else's kids this year. Some of you really, really, uh, um, really well off. And you always go extravagant during Christmas. This year you're gonna, you're gonna go extravagant in a different direction. Your money is, is, is bigger than you. It has more purpose than just you. Some of you, you've already bought presents and you're at the limit. You're at your limit. There's no money left. And what I said is, uh, you're going to take something back. That's, that's very scary to you. Um, but, but you're going to do that. You're going to walk in faith. I'm going to go back. I'm going to take something back so that my family can give and serve somebody else. Some of you, you're just going to clear up a schedule, like a schedule. Like you, you blocked out. You, you haven't made time. You don't even have time. You only got 22 days. And you're just going to get rid of all those plans. And you're going to say, God, you are in control of this season in my life. You're first. You're first. This is about you. How about as a church? We don't just give lip service, right? Jesus is the center of the season. Is he? Because it feels like we just squeeze them in here and there. So what if we actually just do that? We actually just made this entire month about Jesus. Everything, every moment, it's all about Jesus. What if we were focused on his mission, on the reason he came? And as you, as you think about all those things, we're just going to pray, Holy Spirit, would you just release in a powerful way all over this, 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 this room and in Montgomeryville, would you just give clarity? Would you give direction? Would you open up doors? Would you clearly speak to people? Would you give them eyes to see what you see? 
Uh, would you give them opportunities? It'll be clear. Like, there'll be clear opportunities. Maybe it's somebody in front of them at a line. Maybe it's somebody at their kid's school. Maybe it's on a team. Uh, maybe it's a neighbor. Um, some of them don't even know their neighbors right now. But, Lord, you're going you're gonna to somehow cross the path of a neighbor. And they're going to find out there's a real need there. And you're going to use them. They're going to be your hands and your feet. Lord, I thank you in advance for how you're, you're moving in this place. And uh, as we, we close in prayer, um, everybody's heads bowed and their eyes are still closed. Some of you, you're, you're not yet a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what this is about, by the way. I love that, that last song we sang because it has a very modern twist to the, to the words. It uses the words, uh, I've been told to live my truth. To do what makes me feel good. That was a very modern way of thinking. I've been told that your, your rules, they, they're restrictive. They get in the way. And how many of you know when you live that way, eventually you come to the understanding and hopefully clarity and see um, that I don't know what I'm doing. That this is not working out the way that I thought it would work out. That relationships are breaking and addictions are, have a stronghold in my life and fear and anxiety are overwhelming. And we come to the conclusion based on the way we live life that, hey, maybe God does know what he's doing. Maybe, maybe his boundaries are not because he hates us. Maybe it's because he loves us and he wants good for our life. Maybe he wants us to have a good marriage. Maybe he wants us to have healthy kids. Maybe he wants us to have joy and peace and hope and all the things that Jesus promised to bring, bring to our life. Maybe you're at that spot where you're, you're, uh, you're at the end of it. Like you, you've, you've lived your truth. You've, you've followed your own ways. You, 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 you tried to figure out life on your own and you are honest enough. This, let's, just be, let's just be honest. Most people struggle with honesty. This is a place where you can be honest. And let's just, I'm going to be honest enough to, to admit that that's not working. It's not working to be my own boss. It's not working to follow my own directions. It's not working to try to figure out my own way. That's where Jesus steps in. The Bible says that he'll, he'll call on the weary and the heavy laden. That he'll give them rest for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That'll come into your life. That'll begin a relationship with you. Where he'll guide and direct you. That he loved you so much that he not only was born of a virgin thousands of years ago in that manger, but he lived 33 years and they put his body up on a cross. But by his own admission, he said, um, they're not taking my life from me. I'm laying it down. He laid it down for you and me. He took the, 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 the nails through, through his hands and his ankles. He took our beating. He carried our shame. He dealt with his father's rejection. He turned from him. He died the death we should have died. He was placed in a tomb. And the Bible says on the third day, he did what he said he was going to do. He defeated death, sin, and hell. And now it's through him that all men and women can be saved. The Bible says that you would just call on him. That's what you're doing. I'm not doing this anymore. I can't live one day like this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And so today, I'm going to put my faith, my hope, and my trust in Jesus. I believe he loves me. I know that he knows more than me. I know that I can trust him. I'm going to follow him from this day forward. That's what a relationship with God looks like. Starts right here in this moment. I don't know Jesus Christ, but I need to. I want to. I want a relationship with him. I'm tired. 
I'm weary, I'm heavy laden. God's knocking at the door of your heart. He's done all the work. Your responsibility is to say yes. Jesus Christ, would you be my Lord and Savior? With nobody looking around, we're gonna close in prayer. I need Jesus Christ. The most important, this is the most important time in our service, the most important time. You're a Christian, would you pray? I need Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. I don't want to live one more day on this planet without Him. I can't. Today I'm going to give Him everything. If that's you all over this place, I don't know Christ, but I, but I want to. I'm going to pray with you as we close. Nobody's looking around. Um, but if that's you, all over this place, all over Montgomeryville, you would say, Pastor, that's me. I want you to do something for me. It's going to take a little bit of faith, a little bit of courage. But I want Jesus to save me, heal me, and make me whole. If that's you, God speaking to you. Would you just begin all over this place? Shoot your hand straight towards heaven and say, hey, pastor, I, I need Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. If you're in Montgomeryville, you would say, hey, pastor, that's me. They're going to let me know here in Phoenixville. Uh, maybe you're, on, you're online and uh, you're watching right now and you're in your room or you're, 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 you're at work on break. And you say, man, I don't know Christ, but I need to. Um, Maybe right there in the chat, you would just type, hey, I'm watching, I'm responding right now. I want Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. Before I move into this season, I want him to heal me, forgive me, and make me whole. All over this place, let's pray one more time. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for this day. Jesus, I thank you for this season you've given us. We, we, we fly through it every year. Lord, would you, would you make this one monumental? Would you shift some thinking in our families? Would you help us to live with an action-based mentality where we listen to your word and we actually do what it says? Lord, would you create a spirit of service and generosity in this church? Lord, would you, would you make clear the opportunities that you have and you want for us to make that difference, Lord? Lord, thank you, Father, in advance for what you're going to do. Thank you for how you're going to birth something even in our kids, Lord. You're going you're to do something in their spirit, Lord, as they live out in their families, uh, generosity and service, Lord. Something's going to change, Lord. They're going to begin to understand truly what Christmas is all about, Lord. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for all that you continue to do in this church and through our lives, Lord. We love you. Being in your presence will never get old. And so we thank you. We thank you for your word that it never returns void. Jesus, we love you. In your name that we pray. Hey, one more time, Journey, would you shout amen? amen. Let's clap together. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you decided to give your life to Jesus after hearing this message or want to learn more about how you can join us in person, Visit jrny.church for more resources or to find a location near you. Have a great rest of your day.